behind the shades. Yes, yes. Um, and a number of my guests have been from England. I'm I'm so used to the time zones, but I know it's five hours ahead. So um, usually yeah. when I have a morning interview, it's someone from England. <laughs> <laughs> So how's your day since yours is halfway through and mine is just beginning? How was your day so far? So far, it's been really good. I have two young ones, so they keep me very busy. So I've been, it's been family time and then this afternoon will be business time. Ooh, what kind of business? <laughs> I have a coaching business. Oh, okay. Yes, yes that I do not. I, th I thought you... You gave me the impression that it was maybe something else, but um, we're going to get into that coaching business <laughs> as well as your 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 journey so far, which um, quite the journey, I must say. Thank you. I think thank you is the answer. <laughs> oh, I, I thank you for sharing it. Um, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. And for those listening, we're definitely going to dive into it and get started. So I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Shades. I have my lovely guest here. Leticia and Leticia, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and also what you've been up to? Yes, my name is Leticia and I'm originally from Bermuda. I am currently living in England where I am a business mindset coach and I am dedicated to helping women get their mind right so that they can see the success that they desire in their lives. Tell us a little bit about the coaching business and how you're helping women. I am a life coach as well as a business mindset coach. So my focus with helping women is really addressing the narratives that they're holding about life, about starting businesses, about growth in general and helping them move past the areas that are keeping them stuck so that they can be fulfilled in life. I am one because of my story, because of the things that I've been through in life, I'm actually really tired of seeing women struggle. And if I have the opportunity to um, have an impact on anyone, I am grateful for that because I think um, my thought is if we help women move forward, we can help the world collectively move forward because we are mothers, we are sisters, we are aunties, we are girlfriends and wives, and we have a huge impact on everyone. So it's my mission to make an impact wherever I can. Do you feel that there is maybe, actually, let me rephrase that. The women today, I believe, are probably the most enabled and the most free of any previous generation of women. Um, and with that empowerment, which so many of them have fought for, especially the generation, a couple, well, two generations before us, from the women's movement, the women's rights, and and all and all these um, lovely um, things that they're able to bring to the forefront. Do you feel that maybe this generation of women is missing some of that fight, some of that strength, some of that determination that maybe the prior generations had? Or is it that they're just fighting in their own way today? I think that we are fighting in our own way. I mean, there is, we are living a different world because of the impact from the women two or three generations ago. And I think that our generation and the generations to come kind of owe it to the trailblazers who's made sacrifices um, so that we can see see progression. And I think it's important for us. I think in some aspects we've become slightly complacent. And I think it's important for 
myself and other people who are spearheading these movements to really encourage women that there is more than the narrative that they settle for. I agree. And that's why I like speaking to Letitia and hearing that you're fighting for that. And I think we need more people who's doing the work that you're doing, um, especially with your journey. Like for me, even though you're a woman and I'm a man, I'm inspired by people like you because it makes me want to go out there and continue to make a difference myself, not only for men, not only for women, but for everyone, because I feel that what you're doing, what I'm doing, and what so many others are doing is what's going to push the world forward. So how does it feel for you to know that you're going to leave your imprint on the next generation and future generations to come? My motto terrain is to walk as if every step you are taking is about to make an avalanche because I believe that we are all here to change the world. So I'm just doing my part and hopefully inspiring others to do theirs. So for those who may not know, tell us where this fire, where this passion, where this determination comes from. Give us a little bit about your upbringing, which eventually led you to this path, Letitia. When I was about seven years old, Terrain, I remember having a conversation with one of my family members. My parents had never been together in memory, my memory. And I remember asking a family member, why aren't my parents together? And I was told in a roundabout way that my birth was the reason for my parents' divorce. And that was traumatizing to me. It changed the way that I viewed my mother. It changed the way that I viewed my father. Um, and it changed the way that I viewed myself. Here I was an innocent child, but I devastated my, my parents' relationship. And that is a narrative that I carried for a very long time. As a result of that, I struggled to love myself fully. Um, both of my parents, remarried and both of their partners made it very known to me that they were not interested in raising me and as a child you know you feel that energy um i felt neglected i felt unwanted and as i grew up if it wasn't me um my behavior you know acting out for attention i was looking for love and i met this man when I was 14 years old, he was twice my age. And he took me underneath his wing. He showed me love, <laughs> so I thought. And I felt like I had been rescued, but I was literally going from the pot to the fire and I didn't know it. Um, within six or seven months of this inappropriate relationship with this grown man, he started abusing me. And he used my story, you know, it was something that I was very hurt by. Like it was my narrative, like my parents don't love me. I have nowhere to go. That's how I felt growing up. And, you know, as a teenager, everything is catastrophized anyway, right? So I told this story to him and he used it to control me. So he used to give me money. I felt like, you know, I was here I am this young child and I've got this grown man taking care of me and um I remember the first time he put his hands on me he choked me and I had enough sense then that this is not what a relationship should look like so I cut it off 
I went back into my mother's house and it was turbulent events there. And I eventually got a letter from a lawyer saying that I was no longer allowed on her property. So I had nowhere to go. I was not even 18 at the time. And I moved in with this man who I later married. And the abuse was consistent. Um, it escalated as time went on. So it was like choking here and there. He would barricade me in the house so that I wouldn't leave. Um, he tried to set me on fire numerous times. And I think my breaking point was when knife and stabbed me and when I left um I had nowhere to go um my my family probably felt threatened by him um and I I spent months living in a homeless shelter um until I got on my feet and funny enough terrain I actually worked in law enforcement at the time and I was terrified of letting anyone know what was going on because I come from a very small island. Like I said, I come from Bermuda, 65,000 people. If something happens to you, everybody's gonna know. And I didn't want people gossiping about my personal life. So it was stuff that I held on to for a very long time. And even after leaving, it, the burden of my experience kept me in a dark place for a very long time. You think by walking away, you, you have an opportunity to start your life over. But the narratives that I held, you know, I wasn't worthy because I ruined my parents' relationship. I, I wasn't lovable because the only person that loved me was somebody that would abuse me. And for years, I carried that, which um, impacted my actions. You know, I started drinking a lot. I was very promiscuous. I was self-destructive. And it wasn't until I was in a relationship with someone and I ended up getting arrested for their behavior that I was actually faced with the decisions that I had made in life. And at that point, I hired a coach. And that was transformational for me. I had been to therapists, I had been to psychiatrists, psychologists, and I had never in my life through getting, seeking help, felt understood. But my coach, it was a different experience. And it wasn't about me just sitting down and talking. It was about me taking action. And it was about me taking control of my life. Whereas before it was easy to sit as a victim. My parents probably didn't love me. You know, I was stabbed by my husband. I didn't realize that that was actually taking away my power. So working with a coach allowed me to get my power back. And that really fueled my desire to help other people. Because like I said, I've been through psychologists and psychiatrists and never having someone on the other end of the culture that really could truly relate to me. And knowing the beauty and the benefit of coaching, it, it I was just drawn to being able to represent a small group of women. I, I, I classify myself terrain as a self-contained hurricane. I am a big personality. I have a lot going on. I, I won't be silenced anymore. And I, do, I rub people the wrong way. 
But my clients, they rub people the wrong way. And we meet in the middle because I can understand who they are. And I think representation is important. It's not just about me being black. It's about me being a certain kind of way, a strong kind of woman that is not going to be shoved into anyone's box. And being able to stand in in my authority and be able to help someone else is so powerful to me. You think that part of that journey, because it sounds like to me that you had to find who you were, not who you didn't want to be. Meaning that, yes, you came from a broken home. Yes, you came, you were having this um, relationship that was toxic, but it sounds like you were able to find yourself, Letitia, and say, I want to do better. I want to, as you put it, take back my power and i want to start living the life that one i'm happy two i can smile and three because i get this sense as soon as i started talking to you i can show my big personality and have everyone come around me and enjoy it are these some of the things that you found along the way in becoming the woman that we all see now which is definitely more of a finished product but you still have your journey so i want to say more of a refined version of yourself we're still, if I, I, I like watching, I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with this show called Forged in Fire, where they take, you know, raw materials and create weapons, oddly enough, <laughs> knives and stuff. And I am in the, the, the shaping phase, the polishing phase of my life. You know, a lot of times when I tell my story, people always ask me, oh, that's a lot. Like, how do you deal with it? And, you know, I'm, I'm at a place now where I'm grateful for everything that I went through because I realize now that everything that I went through has a purpose in my life and in where I'm heading and in my, my destination, my final destination. And I think that was part of my process, part of my healing. I think a lot of times we often get caught up on our narrative, caught up on our story, stuck in victimhood, or sometimes, you know, we survive. But one thing that I, I struggle with is that I'm a survivor, right? I'm not a survivor. I'm a driver. Because when you're stuck in that survival mood that we praise so much, there's only two things that you can do, fight or flight. That You know what that equates to? Stress. I don't want to be sitting in stress. I want to use my story to elevate me, not to keep me stuck. And I think that's the difference. So I've learned to, my, my story made me a survivor. My healing allowed me to thrive. And that is what I'm grateful for. There are times where, and, you, and you've probably seen this in the people you've coached and I've seen it. And sometimes maybe I even fell victim to it in my, in my younger years, is that it goes back to the phrase, woe is me, I'm going through this. And then you just sit in the victim mindset and then everything seems to be someone else's issue i'm going through this because of that i'm going through this because of that i'm going through this just because i woke up and the world hates me but we have a choice and i think sometimes many of us forget that we do have a choice we can either complain and do nothing or we can say how am i going to use this trial and tribulation to elevate me to the next level so the new me the mold in me 
the sculpted me, the refined me, doesn't go through it in the future. And on top of me not going through it in the future, I can help someone else not go through it at all. And I know for me, it took a lot of self-reflection. It took a lot of conversations within myself. For you, Letitia, I know everything you went through and you said you had your breaking points. So in your mindset, Letitia, when did you realize I have the courage now to stop this? I have the courage now to move on. I think when weapons were involved, when he stabbed me, I knew that if I continued this cycle, I would be dead. And I I always say I, I believe truly that I, I was alive to make an impact. So for me, that was that was my breaking point. Um, realizing that it wasn't worth losing my life over. Um, most definitely <laughs> made a big change for me. But I think that was one step which allowed me to get out of that negative environment. I needed to get out of the negative environment that was in my mind as well. And I mentioned being arrested. I think that time sitting in a jail cell when you're really faced with like, is this what my life is? <laughs> I went from being in law enforcement to being arrested. Is this my life? And I had to take ownership in that moment. And like you said, a lot of us were like, where is me? Is this person's fault? Is this person's fault? And my rational self said, no one got you here but you. And being able to take ownership for that allowed me to change my perspective about a lot of things and allowed me to change my actions, which ultimately changed my life. How difficult was that conversation to say that you want to take ownership? Because I know for many people, that's not even an easy conversation to think about having, let alone having. My heart was broken having my mother sit across glass to have a conversation with me. Seeing the tears in her eyes, that was more painful than having the conversation with myself. But in that moment, seeing her disappointment, seeing her sadness, I had to go within and, and have that conversation. And, you know, for I'm a person that previously that I had run away from a lot of stuff. <laughs> I had nowhere to run. <laughs> I was in the cell. <laughs> it was just me and the toilet. It, you know, I had to have this conversation with myself because I knew once I left, this could not be my life. You know, you get to a place where it's just like, this is not, this is not it. And I, I had to make that decision. And now that you've made that decision, do you find that it's easier for you to help others make that decision because you know exactly what now it takes to overcome not having a conversation that's going to be very self-reflective because Letitia, let's be let's be honest right it's not easy like many of us aren't in a situation where we're looking through the glass of of a visitors in the in the jail to our mother or father or a loved one sometimes it's just us looking in the mirror so do you find that you're able to help people better because of that specific type of um, circumstance that you're in? I can relate to people better because of it. As far as helping others make that decision, I think ultimately it comes down to their decision. I am a vehicle of change for my clients. 
I allow them to move from A to B with these strategies that I use, but they're driving the vehicle. I'm just a passenger in the seat trying to help them not to make the wrong turn. But ultimately, if they make the wrong turn, it's because of the decisions that they make for themselves. And I think the people who are most successful when working with me are the ones that are ready for change. Not everybody's ready to reign. And that is the difference. You know, some people just have to have that absolute, you know, rock bottom moment. And me, for me, it was jail. Um, have that rock bottom moment where they realize that something has to change. But as a coach and as someone who wants to see people win, I can't make the changes for them. They have to be ready themselves. That's such a beautiful analogy. And I use it quite a bit where they're the driver in the car, just a passenger helping them on the journey and maybe guiding them not to go this way, but to go that way. And I look at the impact that coaches like life and wellness coaches are having. And you're starting to see so much more of them now because everyone has a journey that can help someone else. And coaches, in my experiences, are, are such a beautiful thing for those listening because they give a voice to the voiceless, right? They're able to help you talk through a situation that maybe you don't have the courage to, maybe a little bit of embarrassed to, right? There's sometimes where we will go through something and you mentioned it earlier on in our conversation when you come from a small town and you're like, I don't want my neighbors to look at me any differently. I don't want to go to the grocery store and have the grocery clerk know that I went through this, right? It does take courage because when you're in a big city, you can get lost in a shuffle. If something's happening to you, it's probably just you, the perpetrator, and maybe a few other people. But small town, everyone knows it. And I look at some of the struggles that I went through and are there people that knew about my struggles that I wish I didn't? Absolutely. Are there people that I'm still finding the courage to tell? Yes. And I guess I segue into that, Letitia, with you. With everything that you've gone through, is there anyone that you're still hoping that maybe one day you can tell them you went through this and this is how you're turning the pain into a personal triumph? Truthfully, I think I would like the, the family member that told me about my parents' divorce. I want the opportunity, I want the courage to tell them how that conversation impacted my life. And I'm not there yet because I'm not convinced it will be received, but definitely. I think that I think I can be, I can come a full, uh, well, I don't want to be 360. I can come full 180 in relation to that by being able to get that all of my chest. And I think, you know, that part of my life would definitely be, you know, as if I'm looking at it from another person's perspective. You have an idea what maybe is preventing you outside of the courage or do you already have the conversation in your head? You just need to get it out there. I don't have contact with that, that family member in this current, like current time. So I think that is that and having the understanding of their ability to take ownership um, has probably stopped me based on experience that people won't receive what you're saying very well because of the narratives that they have about themselves and circumstances. So um, I think perhaps I don't, I'm not sure that it will be absolutely productive for me in this, in this stage of my life, but it is something that I would love to be able to articulate. 
And that I think is a very good point. If you're going to have that type of conversation, you want to make sure that it is productive. And at the very least, it's received in a way that they're understanding it. Because the last thing you would want is to have that type of conversation of that type of magnitude. And the person is listening to what you're saying, but they don't actually hear you. They don't hear your pain. They don't hear your struggle. They don't hear the courage it has taken for you to stand up and say, when I was a kid, you had this type of conversation with me. And this is how it impacted me. This is how it impacted me after the conversation. This is how it impacted me two years, five years, 10 years. And this is how it impacts me to this day, right? You want the person to be able to understand your feelings and what you've gone through, as well as how it inspired you to inspire so many others. And that said, Letitia, what is next for you in everything that you are doing currently? terrain i have a big picture and i i don't mind sharing it with you um my time in a homeless shelter was instrumental it's a, a lot of time reflecting a lot of time claiming my independence because before that time i had never been alone and my big picture my big picture for my business and for my journey is to be able to open up transitional housing for victims of domestic violence and give them the opportunity to heal as well as provide them with the means to be completely self-sufficient. So a portion of my business now is helping women build their businesses. And I want to be able to take the things that I'm doing within my business with the life coaching and the business coaching and create a pathway for women who are leaving these abusive relationships and give them the tools that they need to stand on their end, be independent and take control of the lives. So that's my big picture. And everything that I'm doing from now until that is realized is really focused on getting me there. One of my dreams, and I don't mind sharing this with everyone, <laughs> is if I would ever win the lottery, I would do exactly that. I would build um, housing, like a community for those who are underprivileged. Um, because for me, when I, I don't know if you see this where you are, but bothers me to my core to see homelessness, to see people out there living. You know, I used to, um, and, I, and I definitely need to start doing again. I used to serve food to those, um, um, I forget the name of it. Um, those who are coming, like the, the meals for those who maybe don't have food for that day. They're like the soup kitchen and things like that. And to be in a first world country where riches are everywhere around you, and there's some people who can't even afford to have a meal truly breaks my heart. So you doing that, I respect that so much. And that's a wonderful goal to have, Letitia. Thank you. It means a lot to me. It really does. Success in life begins with the belief in yourself. You want to have a, a rock solid, unshakable belief that you can have everything that you desire. And once you are certain about that, it's about taking inspired action to make it happen. I often say we need to have the grit that a single mother has trying to feed her children. We have to believe that we can make it happen for ourselves, just as a mother would believe that she can make it happen for her children. And if we can operate from that place, nothing 
it's impossible.